You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says this, Don't be pulled in different directions. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. You know, that's what pulls us in different directions is worry, anxiety, fear, depression, anger, all those things. In, in a lot of depression and anger, it comes from, you know, being uh, concerned that, you know, you're not going to get an answer to prayer. This isn't going to happen. That's not going to happen. You know, or you think this is going to happen or this is happening to you and you, don't, you know, and you get worried about it or fearful or angry. And so God says those things will pull us in all kinds of directions. But God doesn't want us pulled in, in all kinds of directions. He says this, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. You know, we talk, we've talked about the, the, the seven things warriors do that are different than the world does. And one of the biggest ones is pray. Pray, pray, and pray some more. How do you keep worry, anxiety, and fear off of you? You continue to pray about it. Every time you feel that worry, you feel that thing, you just immediately begin to say, God, I turn that over to you. God, I cast my cares on you. God, I'm going to pray that out. And you pray it out until you feel it lift off of you. Until you feel it lift up, the worry of it, the anxiety of it, the pressure of it, the stress of it, let it lift off of you. He said, uh, be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests. You know, God's only moved by faith. That's why so many prayers are not answered, because they're not faith-filled. There's a lot of hope in it, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is the beginning of faith. What is hope? Hope is, hope is that uh, God promises certain things. And people are like, golly, you mean God promised he could fix my marriage? You mean God promised he could heal my body? You mean God promised he'll forgive my sins and remove my shame? You mean God promised he can do this and promised he can do that? That gives people hope that God would promise those things and say those things. But faith turns that, fo- that hope into a substance. Otherwise, it manifests. Your prayers start being answered. And so God, God said he's moved by the fervent prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous person, someone that's right, in right standing with him. He said he's moved by their fervency, that they're saturating him with prayer. You know, I, I love the story uh, of, the, uh, of the widow who went to an evil judge. And you have to understand the context in which that is written in the Jewish community. Widows had no rights. When their husband died, if there was not an heir, she had no rights to anything. She lost all her property. She lost everything. If she didn't have a son, she could have as many daughters as she wanted. If she didn't have a son and that man did not have an heir, she lost everything. So we're talking about a woman that has lost everything. Her husband's died. She lost everything. And she has no standing in the community anymore back in those those times. She had no standing, no authority. No influence. 
And God said, here's a person in the worst situation you could possibly be with no influence, no husband, no family, no inheritance. She's, she has nothing that goes to an evil judge who he said neither feared God or man. This guy don't care. I mean, he's that evil. He don't care about God. He don't care about people. He's going, he's, it's all about him. He's a narcissist. It's all about him. And he's, she came to him, and he's like dismissed her. Just like he would, you know, a narcissist would do. Someone that's all about themselves. Ah, you're nothing. You're nothing. You can't do anything for me. You're nothing. And he dismissed her and 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 dismissed her. And she kept coming back and coming back and coming back and being rejected and rejected and rejected and told no, no. No, not even just no, but no, and get out of here. No, and I don't care. No, and I don't have one feeling towards you. No. But she kept coming back and 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 coming back. And that evil judge finally said, Dead gummit, she's, she's going to kill me. This woman won't take no for an answer. So you know what he said? Yes. And this is what God said. God said, look at this scenario. And if she got her prayer answered, how much more? Everybody say much more. Will a, will a godly judge, a heavenly father, answer the prayers of his people? God's a prayer answering God. He wants to be a prayer answering God. But we have to, we have to offer faith-filled prayers. They have to be full of faith. So, so no matter how many times you're, it's a no, you go back for a yes. No matter how many times you feel like, man, God, did you hear me? You, you, you just say, God, I know you, hear, you heard me. I'm not basing this on my feelings. I'm basing this on this word, on your word. You said that if I prayed according to your will, what is his will? The word. People say, what's the will of God? Man, it's not hard to find. Open a page. This is full of what he says and what he does and how he operates and what he promised is full of it. He said, this is my will. This is his last will and testament. This is his inheritance to us. So he said, here you go. Here's my will. He said, if you pray according to my will, I will hear you. He promised. And if you know I hear you, then you know I'll answer you. He said, you, you, need, to, you need to know if you pray according to my word, my will, I will hear you. And if you know I hear you, then you know I'll answer you too. He'll answer in his timing because he knows the right timing for us. He's not withholding because he doesn't care. Not, not at all. He cares so much, he's never going to bless anyone or give anyone anything that would be more of a detriment to them than a blessing. And like I said, he... he he wants to prepare us to receive certain things, and a lot of times we resist the preparation process. You know, you can't grow anything without preparing the ground first. Y'all know the ground we have out here. If you throw seed out on this and you don't, you don't till it up, man, the birds are going to eat it, and that, it won't penetrate this clay and this hard ground we have. Man, that thing's not growing. Birds, what the birds don't eat will just die in the bake in the sun. You'll have dried, baked seeds. Might be able to salt them and eat them, I don't know, but 
They're not going to grow anything, right? They're not going to grow anything. And so God has to prepare the ground. We're the ground. He has to prepare our hearts and our lives to receive things that we're praying about. And we need to, we need to like Pastor Sean talked about, we need to be patient with God. How do you be patient with God? You trust him that he's God and you're not. And that he knows, literally, there's an old, there was an old sitcom called Father Knows Best, that he knows best. And that, yes, he will answer that prayer because if he promised to do so, he will. But, there's a but, but you got to allow him to prepare the ground, you and me. He's got to prepare us for that answer. And he's got to, a lot of times he's got to check our motives and check our heart and, you know, just get things right within us. And sometimes he's just got to correct our life in general that, you know, we've got sin that will, that will ruin everything if we allow it to stay in our lives or, or just situations and circumstances that he needs to fix. He's more interested in our character than in, than in the outward blessings that we have. Because a person with no character with great blessings will lose the blessings. We see it all the time. We'll squander it. They'll squander every gift that they're given. I'm not just talking about like gifts like in a present, but I'm talking about even singing gifts. Or I mean, they'll squander every gift they have. Intelligence, you know, any gifting they have, they'll squander it. If their heart's not right, if they won't allow God to correct and get sin out of your life. And so there's a process he takes warriors through so that you're a victorious warrior, that you, you pray and you get answers. Listen, the only time that he's, he, ta- he said, listen, he said, your joy will be full. when you, You'll be full of joy when you get answered prayers. How many of you have ever had a prayer answered and it, man, it, just, it was joyful? It was like, Wow. That is so cool that there's nothing like it. I mean, there's nothing like praying for something and then it happening, especially, man, when, it, when crazy stuff happens, like you pray that morning and then that later that day it just pops up and you're like, what? Like, God, that's so cool. Or you just mentioned it to him in passing. I don't, I've had things where I just thought about them, like, you know, God, that'd be kind of cool. And I didn't give it another thought. And then that cool thing I thought about will pop up. And I'll be like, man, that's really cool that you would even consider that. And so God said, when we get our prayers answered, our joy is full. He wants us to be full of joy so that, you know, because we're, we're consistently seeing prayers being answered. But we have to pray with faith, believing and trusting in God that what he's promised he will do. Promises hope, he will do it for you. Not just do it for other people, but he'll do it for you personally. That's where faith arises. That's where faith arises. And so he says that, and then he says this. He said, your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. So we need to be thankful he said, you got to keep fear, anxiety, and worry off of you by just saturating that situation in prayer. Just pray and pray some more and pray some more and pray some more till you're at peace. And he said, and then fill your prayers with faith 
in gratitude, thanking God always, being thankful. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for what I do have. Thank you for the prayers you have answered. And Father, I thank you in advance by faith for the prayers that you will answer. Because I prayed according to your word, according to your will. And you promised me that you, you heard my prayers. And you promised me you'd answer my prayers. And he said, overflowing gratitude. Not just gratitude, but overflowing gratitude. He said, tell him every detail of your life. Tell him every detail of your life. And you know, I know some people that are extremely detailed. And I thank God he's God, not me. Because I'm probably zoned out about halfway through that conversation. Like, too many details. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what color that was. I don't want to know. And then they, they went, ha, ha, ha. And then they said, and they were wearing, and they were there. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm in my uh-huh mode. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, move, just move just a little. Yeah, I can see the TV now. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Someone said, oh, don't awe, please don't awe me. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Some people love the details, and God's okay. Give him whatever details you want to give him. But he said, you need to pray detailed prayer. That's what's called, uh, in, in some of your Bibles, you'll hear see the word supplication. A supplication is a detailed prayer. You need to be detailed. You know, I've had, I've had, there's a few things I was really detailed at. I, I wish, I shouldn't say really. But, you know, when I prayed for a wife, I wrote down some details. There were certain details I wanted. And, I, and you know what? That's how I knew on the first day that I was going to marry Julie. I'm like, yep, check, 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 check. I didn't have like 50. I'm a guy, you know. I had, <laughs> I had like five. <laughs> you know, and so anyway, but they, I got to check them all off on the first day, and I, I, you know, I knew I'm marrying this girl. She, 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 but I did, I did detail some things out, and there's some other times that I'm very, I, I, I you know, for me, I'm detailed, you know, I'm like, okay, God, I'd like to see this happen, I'd like to see this happen in this way, in this detail, and I give him some detail. Listen, guys, God likes us to talk to him about details. Sometimes our prayers can be so general that God will try to, he'll tune you in like a radio. Well, dead God, that's a bad example because you just speak to it and it goes to the station. But when I was a kid, we had these things called knobs. And we had these things called radios. And you had to turn them back and forth and find a station. And uh, you had to kind of fine tune them. And sometimes to get that station, you had to just... Touch it, just kind of like. If you went too far, it's like. You're like, oh man! And you try to get it just right, and but he sometimes he has to fine tune us because we don't quite know what we want, and so sometimes he's fine tuning your prayers. He's saying, "Listen, I I need to fine tune this in you." You, you don't really know what you want, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you discover it. And he'll just, he'll dial you in where you, you, you know. I was praying about something. I've, I've been praying about something for years, years, about this particular thing. 
And just this morning, God like moved the notch. It's like, you, 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 need, you didn't pray when this. He's like, he gave me the detail. You need this. And I went, duh. You know, it just made, you know, God just makes so much sense, right? It wasn't like some major revelation. It's just like, why didn't I think all these years I've been praying about that? And that's just like one of those things like, wow, okay, God, you're always right, right? So I'm like, that is exactly what we need. That's exactly what the church needs. That's exactly what we need to do. And he'll just fine-tune you. When you and and the and guys, don't be don't be concerned about being real specific. And you might be like me and you know, have five things, or you might be like some other people I know, and you have fifty things. It doesn't matter to God. God's big enough; He don't shut you out or shut you off. He'll listen to every detail, and He wants you to be te- detailed. And there's certain things you need to be very detailed about. There's certain things that are so important; they need some detail. And you need to be real intentional how you pray about it. I'm speaking to somebody tonight. Somebody has been praying way too general of prayers about specific about, about some things that you really want to see happen. And God's speaking to you tonight and saying, hey, you need to get a notebook out. You need to make some lists. And you need to write some things down. And then you need to begin to pray those specific things out. God's fine-tuning some people here and maybe online too. He's just fine-tuning some prayer requests. Man, get, get them right. Name it. Name the things. Be specific. Say, God, you know, here's what you promised in your word, and here's some specifics that I would like to see. Leave your heart open for God to, to fine-tune you because maybe you, you don't know all the things that he knows, right? Not maybe. We don't know all he knows. So give him room to, to turn that dial in you and, get, and give you some specifics. I, I, I'm serious. Today, I've been praying about this for years, and today he just, I think he'd been waiting for me to figure it out myself. Then he just realized, man, this boy, I know how many brain cells I gave him. I don't know what's happened to the kid, you know? And so he just finally just, it was just out of the blue. He just spoke it. And I'm like, golly, Lord, thank you. I needed that right there. And it just, oh, it just, and, and listen, when you give God details and he begins to give you details back, when he starts giving you details back, that means... He's got something very specific in mind for you. And that means that, usually what it means, it's, it's already in existence. You just haven't found it yet. But it's already here. So pay attention to the details when you're praying. Warriors, pay attention to the details of what God promises and what God says. The world, they could care less. They could care less. Then he says this, tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. So how does that happen? It starts in verse 6. Don't be pulled by different distractions or worried about a thing. Saturate those issues in prayer 
throughout each throughout the day. When you feel pressure, you feel stress, you feel anxiety or worry, you fear, you begin to saturate it. Frustration, you begin to saturate it. Depression, you begin to saturate it in prayer. Some people get depressed because it feels like it's never going to happen. And you just got to fight through that by saturating it in prayer. And then he said, offering faith fields. You got to get in faith. Request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace. Only then. That's a key word. Then. That means all the rest of that has to take place. And when you do all that, then God's peace will rest on you. Why will his peace come on you after you do all that? It's because you will be confident that God has heard and God will answer. And then that's when a peace, when you have a confidence, man, a peace comes on you. There's just a peace. It just kind of like settles inside of you like, you know what? I don't care what anybody else says at this point. I don't care what the doctors say anymore. I don't care what this is about. I don't care, you know, if the enemy's in my ears speaking worry. I mean, I just, it's not going to move me anymore because I've, I've done what God said to do. And there's just a settled peace inside of me that I just trust God. It's in his hands. I trust God to move. I trust God to answer in just the exact right timing and right way. And this is how you not only get God's wonderful peace, this is how you stay in peace. Stay in peace. Let me tell you something about warriors versus the world. The world panics. The world panics, gives in to all kinds of anxiety and fear and worry. They're constantly involved in that. But warriors are at peace. You know, I've been in all kinds of crazy situations when I was in the world, and I've seen people panic. I've seen them just panic. And it never helps. Let me say it again, it never helps. It always, it always makes the situation worse. I was driving with a, with a guy one time, and he always, he always drove way too fast. And we hit some ice on a bridge in Texas, and he panicked. We hit that ice and started sliding, and I think we could have got... The bridge wasn't that long. We were going to hit pavement, and he just, we started sliding a little bit, and he just panicked, and he started turning into it. And so we started sliding sideways, and then all of a sudden, we're going right off that bridge, and it was a, it was a pretty good-sized drop, and we're going right off that bridge because he just panicked. He's like, ah, and he just panicked. But I didn't panic. I've been in a lot of, I've been in a lot of car situations, I should say. And I didn't panic. I just said, in the name of Jesus. Just like in that airplane I told you about. And man, I tell you, it's like Jesus grabbed the wheel and just went, in that car. He, he let go. He, he, when it started going off the bridge, he just let go and freaked out. And then all of a sudden, it just straightened up. And we were on, on the other side of that bridge, driving on, on dry pavement. He didn't even have his hands on the wheel. And he just, he looked over at me and grabbed the wheel. He's a Christian too, and he grabbed the wheel. And I said, hey. First of all, slow your butt down. <laughs> Secondly, if you're going to panic, I'm driving. Don't panic. <laughs> you know, how many of you have ever, uh, you know, we've all panicked at one time or another, and we made it worse, but how many of you have ever overcome that panic, and you stayed calm, and you could, you could, course, you could, you could overcome the situation because you just didn't panic? You just didn't panic. 
And so that, that God, the world just panics all the time, but God's warriors, we're in, we're in a spiritual battle. We need to stay at peace. We need to, because when you're at peace, it doesn't mean you're passive. It just means that you're, you're thinking through the process. You're not going crazy. You're not freaking out. You're in battle, and you're strategically thinking how to win. While they're freaking out, you're being real strategic. And you will win if you'll stay, if stay at peace. God wants you to stay at peace. Warriors, stay at peace. And this is how you stay at peace. And you might have to repeat this all day long. That's why I said pray all, saturated in prayer all day. Saturated. If, it, if it's messing with you all day, you, you pray back. You fight back by saturating that in prayer. Oh, no, God, I'm not picking that anxiety up, that worry up, that fear up. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to keep, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep praying it off of me, Father. I, I turned it over to you. I give it to you. I believe, Father, you promised that you'd heal me. You said by your stripes I am healed. Father, you promised that you do this. You prom- I mean, he's got thousands of promises. I can just start rattling them off. And so you promised, you'd get, Jesus, you said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you, my peace that surpasses all your understanding. Otherwise, it don't make any sense to be at peace, but because I trust my God, I'm at peace, because my God is not just the God of the possible, he's the God of the impossible. And that brings peace. And warriors live in that. Then he says, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. It'll guard your mind and your heart. It'll allow you to go to sleep. It'll allow you to be at peace. It'll allow you. It'll allow you just to go to sleep. I've fought these battles. Have you ever fought battles? You're just thinking about something, concerned about it. Man, and you just had to fight it off to get any sleep. You had to pray through it and pray it off of you to get just to get a couple hours of sleep because your mind's just racing. He said, this is what I love the promise. He said, not only, not only will my peace guard your heart, but my peace will stand guard over your mind, over your emotions, over your intellect. It'll even give your reasoning peace that you won't just keep running it through your mind, these scenarios and these situations. You can, just, you can just begin to do these things and say, hold on a second, God. I turn that over to you. I've done all I know to do in that situation. If there's anything else I need to do, show me. I'll do it, God. But get, I just, I thank you that I've, I'm turning it over to you. And my, I'm full of faith, Father, that you're moving in that situation. I'm full of faith, Father, that you promised that you you said, cast all your cares on me because I care that you care for you, that you care for me. You care about me. And, you know, I mean, just all those things. You just keep moving it off of you and onto God, and his peace will just start to stand guard over your heart and mind. And the more you practice that, everybody say practice. The more you practice that, you start living a lifestyle like that. That when stuff comes up and says, you know, Satan starts running his mouth about this thing or another thing or threatening your, your health or your family or your job or your finances. He starts threatening and, and starting to come against you. Man, if you practice peace, you'll just, you'll just immediately go into that prayer mode. You'll immediately go into that, that mode, and you'll get peace quickly, and you won't lose your peace at any time. You just, you'll, you'll develop this peace and this confidence in God that you'll just walk in it on a regular basis. 
And then no matter what you hear, you're just like, you know, okay, all right. So people are like, what's wrong with you? How come you're not panicking? How come you're not freaking out? Well, because I trust God. I'm at peace. I've practiced. I've practiced being at peace. And I'm good at it because I trust God. I trust my Father. He cares for me. He loves me. He cares about me. Someone say amen. amen. Then he says this. He says this. Keep your thoughts. Keep your thoughts. We have to keep our thoughts. We have to do the keeping. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and uh, admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Put into practice, is the next verse, put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. And then you'll learn to live in peace. And it's not that there's peace out here. There's war out here, but there's peace in here and in here. There's peace here and here. A peace and a confidence that comes with that, that if God be for me, who could be against me? If he gave me his, his son, if he would give his only begotten son, Jesus, for my sins to save my life, would he withhold any good thing from me? That's what he says. Those are the scriptures you need to know. You need to know those. You need to put those in your heart, in your mind, and on your tongue. You need to begin to speak those things. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, we're going to move to another one. You guys ready? Go with me to Psalms 95. Psalms 95. Psalms 95. Verse 6. Man, man, oh man, we serve an awesome God, church. It's gotten awful quiet in here. I think I need to maybe whisper or something. He says this, come and kneel before this creator God. Come and bow before the mighty God, our majestic maker. He says this, for we are those he cares for. Man, someone say, praise God. And he is the God we worship. So drop everything else and listen to his voice. For this is what he is saying. You know, the world worships idols. Warriors worship God and God alone. That's a principle of God. The world worships idols. Warriors, Christian warriors, worship God and God alone. He's the only one you worship. Now, some people have said, well, why does this God, there's, there's people that have written and said, man, God's so egotistical. He needs worship and praise. and he's, He has a need. He has a need to satisfy his ego. Can I tell you something? God doesn't need us to do anything for him. And he does, if he had that kind of ego, he'd have wiped us out a long time ago. 
He doesn't have that kind of ego. He doesn't need us to worship him or praise him to satisfy some need or insecurity or egotistical attitude or tyrannical uh, uh, domination of our lives. No, we need the worship. We need to worship him. It's, he's, he's instructing us to praise and worship him for our sake. He doesn't need it. We need it. Why, why do we need it, Pastor Troy? Because we need to realize that who, how great God is to increase our faith, to believe that he can actually do what he said he's going to do, and that it keeps a proper perspective that we're not God, he's God. And when people get that out of line, they fall like Satan. They get in pride and think they're greater than God. What worship and praise does is keeps us humble before God that we realize he's God, we're not. He's the maker, we're not. He's the creator, we're not. He's the God Almighty, we're not. He's the Savior, we're not. He's the King, we're not. He's the the high priest, we're not. He's perfect and holy, we're not. It keeps the, he's helping us. He's helping us keep things in perspective. That's why he established that. So that we would have a proper perspective of our lives and not get out of line because human beings, we get so easily uh, assuaged and start worshiping stuff or people or situations or things. Or when we can, gosh, look around the world how easily people worship the silliest things, man. I know people that live for golf or cars or sports or, man, they live for uh, fame or fortune or money or they live for sexual gratification. They live, I mean, they worship and idolize uh, other human beings, want to be just like them, can't live without them, will take their own life if that person leaves them because they idolize them so much. It's amazing how we uh, human beings so easily can worship the created instead of the creator. That's why he established praise and worship for our sake. He has no ego. Gosh, Jesus is the personification of God. He humbled himself and allowed human beings, his creation, to whip him beat him, rip his beard out, slap him, mock him, spit on him. Man, you can't have any ego. You remember what Jesus said to Peter when he cut that guard's ear off? He said, Peter, don't you know I could call a legion of angels and wipe out everybody here? He said, I I know I could. You know, one angel killed 185,000 men warriors in a day. One angel. He could have called a legion. That's thousands. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. When they were mocking him on the cross, spitting on him and mocking him and uh, verbally abusing him after they physically tortured him, tortured him to death, he died from the torture. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. God's not an egotist. He's not a tyrant that forces us to worship. No, he's a God that loves us and gives us an opportunity to worship, 
an opportunity to praise so that we can, we can have a right heart towards Him and understand that His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. That He is the God that created the universe. He is infinite and, and beyond our, our imagination, beyond what human beings could ever imagine, think of, or dream of. And that's what keeps it in that perspective is worship and praise. It keeps our hearts right, our minds right, and it keeps us focused on God. Praise and worship redirects our emotions and redirects our thoughts to this way instead of this way. He established that for us, for us, for our benefit, for our benefit. Wow. And he loves it when we recognize that he's God and we're not. That he's the father and we're the kids. And when we show him that level of respect and honor that he is due, man, he loves it. He says he inhabits the praises of his people. He, he'll reside, he'll show up and manifest his presence. Just like I sensed it tonight during praise and worship. I sensed his presence in this room. When I was praying in the back, I sensed his presence. I, I told the ladies, man, I, I got this uh, Tuesday in prayer over the, the conference that, man, he's coming. He's coming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. He's coming to his daughters as a father. I mean, he's coming as a father. And his touch is going to be tender and loving and kind. I mean, he's going to... Oh, man, I just have this sense about this. That there's going to be his presence as a father. You know, sometimes he shows up as, hey, you need to know I'm God. Other times he shows up as, hey, you just need to know I'm your father and that I love you. And he's showing up this week as father. And there's going to be, there's going to be people that are going to be crying. They don't know, they're not even going to know why. It's going to start in the parking lot. Seriously, watch. Watch. Our Father is coming for His daughters. And He has heard your prayers. And He's going to move. I'm going to say this to you. Go with me to Romans 12, 1. And I'm going to end with this in Romans 12, 1. Um, in Deuteronomy 12, 31, and we don't have to put it up. God said, don't, don't worship the way the world worships, how they worship their idols. He said, you need to worship me the way I say, not the way the world says. See, some people want to worship God their own way, not God's way. They want to do it how they want to do it. And, and that's not worship. When you, when you really worship God, it's not just a song or a lifting of your hands. It's a whole. It's the, it's the desire of your heart. It's how you live. Listen to Romans 12.1, and we'll end with this. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? He's saying, man, how should we respond to the mercy of God? How many of you know? Golly, man. How many of you know you've been shown much mercy? I've been shown much mercy. Just incredible amounts of mercy. He said, to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness 
experiencing all the delight that delights his heart. For this becomes, this becomes your genuine expression of worship is that we serve God the way he wants us to serve God, not the way we want to. Somebody say, well, I serve God, but I don't go to church. I serve God, but I don't give. I serve God, but I don't pray. I serve God, but I don't read my Bible. I serve God, but, but, but they got all these buts. I don't do anything. I just, but I serve God, but I serve God. I serve God in my own way. Oh, gosh, I've heard that so many times. Man, now you have a scripture. No, Deuteronomy 23, 16 says, you can't serve God your own way. You're not serving God. You're serving the devil if you're doing it your way. You got to do it God's way to serve God. You have to do it God's way. And he said, the way you really worship me is that you live a life of worship. That when you wake up in the morning and how you handle that is worship. How you go to work is worship. How do you talk to your spouse is worship. How do you talk to your children is an act of worship. How do you overcome obstacles and situations is an act of worship. How you pray is an act of worship. How you talk is an act of worship. How you act is an act of worship. How you serve is an act of worship. How you give is an act of worship. How you live is an act of worship to God. And you're saying to God, You're God, and I will worship you and live the way you say. For Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's how you worship God. Mm. All right, listen, every eye closed here. Uh, If you're watching online, man, if you... If you want to join us in this, close your eyes. Uh, it's, it, there's even more distractions at home than here. And so many really have to focus on this. Listen, if you're not right with God, this is the moment and this is the time and this is the place and this is, this is the day of your salvation. This is the day that God saves your life from you. He saved me, he saved me from me. He saved me from me. Because we're all born in sin. No one had to teach me how to sin. It comes naturally. God has to teach us how to live right. We don't have to be taught how to sin. That's why God has to change our very nature. And he, why Jesus said you have to be born again. What that means is on the inside of you, God changes your very nature like a birth. He births something brand new inside of you that did not exist before, like a baby, like a brand new baby. He births a new life inside of you, a new nature that desires to do things right and doesn't desire to do things wrong anymore. And some of you tonight, right now, are going to get born again. Hopefully you realize you need it. And all my sin and all my junk, I realized, gosh, this certainly can't be the way I am. Certainly the secrets I hold and the things I've done, this surely this is not me. But it was me. 
until I met Jesus. And then he turned me into the greatest version of myself I could possibly be because I was born again. My nature on the inside changed. And I, it was crazy how, how much I wanted to do right things at that point on the inside in my heart. Now, I still had to put some work in and start reading the Word and learning how, uh, how to worship God His way with His truth and live the life that he, he created me to live. So I still had a process to go through in my mind, in my intellect, my, my attitudes and my thought processes had to change and line up with God's Word, and that takes time. But it, it's immediate. It's instantaneous. When you, with a right heart, believe that Jesus really did die for your sins. He died for you and me. He died to save us from hell and destruction and a miserable life on this planet. Maybe moments of happiness when you're drunk or high or this happens or that happens. You got, some, you got a moment when, when something good here. But man, you know it's tragic. And if you've reached that place and realized you're not God... But that he loves you and he opened a door for you, to, for you to meet him, for you to know him. And that door was Jesus. He died for mine and your sins. And because he's Jesus the Lord, it, death couldn't hold him down and he conquered death too. And because of Him, and, and if you believe in Him, your sins will be forgiven and heaven will be your eternal home. And you'll have a life on this earth worth having. My worst day as a Christian is better than any day I ever had before I knew Jesus. And I've had some bad days as a Christian. But they were better than anything I ever experienced in the world. What do you want? The Bible says, choose ye this day, life or death, heaven or hell, blessing or cursing. It's a choice that God's giving you right now. Take advantage of it. Seize it. Grab a hold of it. Watch what God will do. I never thought I'd be Preaching that wasn't a thought in my head, and a pastor and a minister. And I, gosh, I, there's so many things that God has done that are so special in my life that I just never thought was possible and didn't even think about them. It wasn't even something I thought about. I didn't think I could be clean or pure again or feel that way, but you can. Because Jesus not only removes your sin, but your shame, your guilt. So if that's you, man, there's just people in the valley of decision right now. You're in, you're in the valley. You're deciding, you're deciding a destiny right now. You're deciding eternity right now. Please, all of us, man, th- those who already know Jesus are praying for you right now. Please, don't turn away from him. Run to him.
run to him. He'll save your life. He's the only one that can. So if you're watching online, I, I want you right now, if you want to pray and get right with God, maybe your first time ever, or maybe just another time that you've broken fellowship with God and you just need to come home. And either one of those, just, just send us a message right now and say, hey, I'm going to pray tonight and get right with God. And if you're in this room, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand up high and say, it's me. I, I'm going to pray and I'm going to get right with God. And right where you're seated and right where you're at at home, we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. And so if that's you online, send that message right here in this room. One, two, three, just raise your hand up and say, it's me. I need to get right with God. Thank you all over the room. Thank you all. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. This is so awesome. So incredible. All heaven only rejoices twice. When someone comes for the first time or someone comes home. That's the only time all of heaven celebrates. And all of heaven is celebrating you tonight. And so are we. So we're going to pray with you. So all those that raise your hand, all those watching online, let's pray this together. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. And you love us. And you sent Jesus to die for my sins. And you raised him from the dead. And he's alive. And he became a doorway that I can get to you. That I can go to heaven. That I could be forgiven of all my sins against you. That I could have a life in this life that has real meaning, real purpose, serving you knowing you, walking in your blessings and giving them away, a real life. And I could have heaven as my home when I die or you come back for me forever. Thank you. That's the greatest gift ever given. Thank you. You love us that much. You love me that much. And because I believe this, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins and I receive your forgiveness and I say to you, Jesus, you're the Lord, Jesus Christ of my life and I receive the Holy Spirit. I'm born again. My nature is changed. My spirit is alive forever with you. Teach me now how to worship you with my life. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. He's so good. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.